Welcome to the Clear Cruise podcast. My name is Andy Harmer. I am the Managing Director of Clear UK and Ireland and I'll be your host for this episode. Now here in the UK, Clear works with an organisation called Maritime UK and they are an organisation that brings together all of those different elements of the incredible maritime industry in the UK, including cruise. And in this episode, I chat to Ben Murray. He is the Chief Executive of Maritime UK. And thank you very much indeed for speaking to us uh, on our podcast this time. Um, how on earth did you end up in the maritime sector? Because it's, it's not something many people end up working or heading towards. No, no, it's uh, it's an interesting one. It's um, my my background was was in politics. I, I was I was involved in Labour Party politics. I was working in my home patch of of, uh, of Lowestoft, and uh, didn't do very well. We we lost that election, and then I went and worked with Angela Eagle on her deputy leadership campaign, and uh, didn't do very well there either. We lost that one. So uh, I mean, that was that was probably known that, that was going to happen. It was it was just about putting her in a good place uh, afterwards. But so I did that, and I thought, well, you know what, time for change. Started going into sort of political consultancy type work, and then I just saw this job pop up with Maritime UK, and I thought, oh, that sounds interesting. It sounds a bit like political campaigning, but rather than for a party, you're doing it for an industry. And I thought, well, I know a bit about maritime because my family worked been to sea, and I guess being in Lowestoft, you you see the sea, you you, you see. Uh, the offshore wind developments you see oil and gas that have been there some of the bigger vessels and I thought oh yeah that sounds interesting a bit of an interest in that and uh, sort of went along to that interview and there was a bunch of uh, sort of people from different parts of the industry all looked of a certain demographic and I thought oh this is a this is an interesting environment and uh, cracked on with it and uh, no I've really really enjoyed it it's it's been it's felt like there's momentum building around the sector and I think it's been nice lots of different people have got a shared interest working together and it's a bit like a campaign in that respect you're you're trying to you're trying to drive things forward so I, I do think it's true people say when they get involved in this industry they they really enjoy it and the people are friendly so yeah yeah no it's good fun. Interesting. interesting path into maritime but um the, the diversity of maritime must be something that you have to cope with and of course cruise is part of that but maybe you can tell us a little bit about how quite how broad this sector is yeah, it is. It is vast. It's a bit of a shopping list when um, I've just got back from the Conservative Party conference yeah. and I was on a panel panel there and uh, introducing myself and sort of describing the industry. And it's a long list of different parts, but you've got just just for audience uh, benefit, hmm. I suppose we've got the we've got the shipping industry, which is where cruise sits, which is everything about moving people and goods on the water. Uh, you've got the the ports where those ships and boats and harbors and marinas uh, where they come in and uh, and take lot of goods off, and we've got the shipbuilding, science, technology parts of the sector. So people have built warships through to some of the fancy equipment that's on cruise ships, or even the super yachts down on the south coast that we have. That if we if we do very well, we might be able to go on once or twice, perhaps rather than anything more than that. Uh, then we've got the professional services industry, so the insurance, the finance, the law, the shipbroking, um, and and the leisure marine industry is you know basically sort of consumers getting on the water themselves and uh, and, and having a go, and that can be inland waterways, boating, um, through to sort of marinas and harbours that people might see in around the south coast in, in particular. So that's the breadth of it, and 
the reason we're trying to bring everybody together is that we've got shared challenges, shared issues, uh, whether that's around people, uh, training skills, or trying to make the sector more attractive or more understood in, in, in schools and or, or with decision makers. Uh, and all parts of the sector have a, you know, quite frankly, you add all the parts up, you get a bigger number. And that's a really interesting way of capturing government's attention as well. So it's it's vast, it's bigger than the air and rail industries combined when you put all those different parts together. And uh, I think it's a really good project to be getting people who wouldn't ordinarily talk to do so and, and challenging government to do the same. So it's a, it's, it's a good challenge. And, and it's, it's the challenge, I guess, for Maritime UK to decide which which bit of it you're going to take on next or which project, because there must be so many different issues. <laughs> yeah. I think everybody's got that in their own companies or whatever, yeah. or in, in an individual association for one part of this, of any part of the economy. So yeah, it's, I think people often think this might be a little bit harder than it, than it is because we don't, as an organization, try to get involved with absolutely everything because that's what our member organizations are doing where we can add value and where we can catalyze progress I think and that might be within industry i.e companies wouldn't usually meet coming together with universities or colleges uh, or different parts of government or or where we all want to make progress on something and need government support so um, we, we, we worked together as a sector this time last year actually on, on a spending review bid and got 200 million pounds to accelerate decarbonisation and that was something that all of those parts of the sector had an interest in so actually those five areas that we work on are quite easy to coalesce around because you know no one's going to disagree with them we all want to make progress on them mm. and it, it means that we're we're not trying to do the same we're not trying to do all the work that individual partners do it's, it's about adding value and how uh, much of an influence does government have in in maritime and i ask that purely because actually maritime is a global industry with with lots of different influences yeah, it's, I mean, our job, I think our primary job is, is to make sure that the UK government uh, understands what role maritime has and all different parts of maritime have and how they can best support the growth and development of that. But you're absolutely right. The, you know, the shipping industry is probably the best example of that. It's, it's I mean, <laughs> ships move all over the world, so they need to be regulated in a, in a way that makes sense moving across multiple jurisdictions. And actually, a lot of the professional services can up sticks and move wherever they need to be and um, they want to be close to their clients so the, the ship owners can move globally as well so we've got to make sure we're competitive but all of that from our point of view comes back to the government playing a role whether it's internationally at IMO and we want to make sure they're putting the right deal or the right proposals on the table there or that they're making the UK as competitive as possible or as attractive as possible globally so I think that all comes back to influence and and again, I mentioned just coming back from the Conservative Conference and for the first time we had two Secretaries of State at our event. Other events didn't, I know, don't want to mention Air and Rail again, but I don't think they did. And it's good to, we always used to think that they used to get much more of the limelight. But the, the real icing on the cake is that the, we used to have a Maritime Minister. I know Robert Courts was very recently the Maritime Minister and did a lot of yeah. good work with with Clear on uh, on Cruise Restart. And uh, and I was with him yesterday um, at, at the conference and he was very appreciative to, uh, to those in the industry be working with them and, and very much has a soft spot in, uh, for the industry. But um, the Secretary of State herself, Anne-Marie Trevelyan, has decided to take the maritime brief uh, and, and, and she, will, she will champion that. That's never happened. I don't think it's ever happened before, certainly not in modern times. So, and that's yeah. a reflection, yeah, I guess on her personal interest, but it's also a reflection on the, the opportunity and the seriousness that she 
sees and wants to place on the sector. So I think we're we're getting that message across. But like anything, you've got to keep feeding it. You've got to keep makes challenge for us actually to be smarter in not just asking quite simplistic questions and actually saying this is what we need. If you do this, we as industry will do that and it will have this impact. So it's yeah. being a bit smarter, a bit more sophisticated in how we campaign for government, but we've got a much more attractive landscape to make progress in now. Um, you, you spoke in May at Clear Conference about sustainability and some of the work under uh, Maritime 2050. So presumably sustainability is, is kind of the big topic, not just for, for cruise, but also for, for maritime as well. Absolutely. And, and well, front and centre, that's the environmental sustainability, but, but also in terms of uh, people, uh, ensuring that we've got a sustainable supply of talented people to come and work in the industry, but also to retain those people. So that's why and I think crews are very much at the forefront of this in terms of things like DNI trying to create a, a welcoming, attractive um, environment where people want to build a career and, and flourish. And so that's a really important part of sustainability that often isn't isn't put up there, but I think it's important to, to mention that. But on the sort of the environmental sustainability piece, again, Cruise is doing a good job thinking about how you know the circular economy, for instance, on, on a vessel is is something that can be can be managed and can be can be seen to be real uh, with their operations. And that's I think people are, are are getting very much to the point where they're they're doing as much they can in those sorts of spheres. And the and the and the bigger challenge is around that transition from where we are today to 2050 at the latest to, uh, to decarbonize. And that, uh, that for us is around at least two key areas. It's around accelerating the R&D that goes into the propulsion solutions. And you know, I mentioned all those different parts of the sector earlier. You've got um, massive vessels, cruise ships being some of the biggest, all the way down to the size of an offshore support vessel or even a, a leisure, uh, you know, somebody potting around, um, yeah. having fun at the weekend, all of those need clean solutions. So it's it's a lot of the R&D that is going into this part of the space at the moment is to try and work out which solutions relevant to which type of vessel. Um, listeners might, you know, obviously people see cars and they, they charge their car and they plug it in. That's by and large the solution for the automotive industry. We have that five, six, seven times over depending on the size of vessels. So yeah, huge amount of money needs to go into the R&D for the propulsion solutions, which is starting to happen. The UK government, as I say, has put 200, 200 million in. Industries put more than that in, but we need to scale that up. But the flip side of that, if you take that charging point analogy for cars, is the infrastructure we need in ports. And as the endpoint infrastructure, but also the transition um, stage now. And, and one of the big things, one of the big asks is, is around shore power, shore side power, to make sure that um, ships, cruise ships, uh, when they're in port, can turn off their engines and can be powered up with electricity. Um, and, and and that power supply that's there is then also serving the purpose of uh, providing battery charging for smaller types of vessels that that might be that might be relevant for. So, I mean, that's a we could spend hours talking about how how we're going to make progress on this, but it's certainly front and centre. The Secretary of State last night said this. We had a dinner with her after the conference event. We were doing a Conservative Party conference. Mm. She said, this is this is absolutely my priority. How do we use decarbonisation to accelerate growth? People have seen Liz Truss has been talking a lot about growth, growth, growth. Well, you know, the argument we're, we're needing to make is if you want to drive real growth, the big opportunity is in decarbonisation. 
both on sort of ultimately clean propulsion, clean infrastructure, but also now on the optimization and the efficiency. So, and some of the cruise lines in particular are doing some fantastic work to, to make sure that vessels glide through the water in a more efficient way, less drag, use use less fuel. So yeah, it's, it's certainly front and center of everybody's minds. It's just very complex. It's very complex, but actually I think the reassuring thing is there's a whole load of work uh, and science and government and private uh, sector work going into to that decarbonisation conversation. Um, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You see more and more people getting interested in, uh, in different parts of government, different public funding bodies getting getting in as well. And I, uh, there's, there was a £60 million competition announced uh, very recently. That's going to scale up over time. And, and I think that just gives confidence to the companies to co-invest as well. So it's heading in the right direction. Uh, we just need to speed it up. Um, we, we often talk about the UK having a proud maritime history and cruise being a part of that, of course. But how proud we are of our maritime industry. How, how do we compare to some of our other countries around the world with their maritime industry? I think we have a tendency, maybe it's a very British thing, I don't know, a tendency to do ourselves down. And uh, I think we're all guilty of that sometimes. Yeah. But actually, what this job allows you to do is sometimes, because you have to do it objectively, think about where do we sit in the mix? And I mean, the good thing about having a really broad maritime sector is you can pick different aspects of it that are that are really, that are really, uh, certainly are jewels in the crown. But we've got enough, we've got several of them. If you, And actually, those that are doing really well can help the rest move mm. forward, I think. If you, but some of them people might not realise. In, uh, you know, in December, the UK was ranked the number one uh, country in the world for blue technology, which is ocean technology. And that's brilliant. You know, so number one there. Objectively, that was a that was a independent assessment. We didn't pay anybody for that, and that's great. We were also uh, arguably still. Um, this word still suggests we won't be in the future, but we are. I think in this case, it's because we have been for a long time the number one professional services centre for maritime. You think about the history of the City of London was built on shipping services, the coffee houses, Lloyd's of London, uh, and all of the community built around that. We are still the largest centre globally for those services, which is fantastic. If you look at some of the technology that goes into, uh, in, into all sorts of vessels, actually, but the high value, um, really technologically advanced um, kit, a lot of that's made in the UK, um, high value. You know, people don't see massive ships being built here, hmm. but you see really, really um, high, high, high value and high impact, I guess, um, solutions being developed here. And then one of the most exciting areas, I think, at the moment, completely different end of the of the market to, to cruise in terms of scale is the is the vessels that are going to be going off to service the offshore wind market and we know we've got a commitment let's let's build those in the uk we can do it people are doing it now let's crew them with british seafarers let's have local ports around the country benefiting from that so yeah there's there's a number of areas where we are generally uh genuinely world leading and there's a number of um number of studies to support that which is you know gives you something to be proud of in the sector yeah yeah there's some positive food for thought there um, this month you celebrate Maritime UK Week. Tell us what, what on earth is a Maritime UK Week? Well, I, every, I'm sure everybody already knows <laughs> what, what it is. But, but anybody that doesn't, it, uh, it's, it's a week, funnily enough, a, a week-long programme of activity where we want to engage as many people as possible with the world of maritime. So we're doing that through 
open days, port visits, shipyard tours, ship tours, people getting out on the water and telling our story about how wonderful this industry is and the opportunities it presents for people from a career perspective, but also just to be aware of what happens behind the port gate that you might go past regularly. So we've got uh, in all parts of the UK, all around the coast and inland, we've got activity happening uh, across the weeks. So that's, uh, that's really, really exciting. And, and, and I just say to anybody, if you want to learn anything about maritime or you've got friends or family that might be interested in careers or just interested in seeing what goes on in this industry, just find something to, to do, go and have a look at it. And if you can't do it this week, uh, just go on the website maritimeuk.org and, and, and there'll be opportunities like that throughout the year. Uh, but it's, it's, it's actually something, again, that the Secretary of State was talking about. She was saying we want to sort of get the hearts and minds of people. And actually, there's a kind of an a, emotional connection that people have to maritime. So we're, we're, trying to, we're trying to reconnect people with that. And, and the flip side of that is for industry, we're bringing people together to talk about some of the exciting developments around hydrogen fuels or uh, the work we're doing on DNI or um, some of the work that's happening uh, particularly on regional economic development, free ports, some of the listeners might be aware of. So, no, there's a lot going on and it's a chance to, to tell a really good story about our sector. And presumably an important part of that is the next generation of people who will work in maritime and the next generation of seafarers. So, so those, I know that, that you have a kind of schools and college education programme as well. Yeah, that's one of the one of the most exciting things I think we 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 can see a, an immediate impact from. We've, I think it's about 70,000 school children now that are volunteer ambassadors. And I know a, a large number of those are, are from the cruise lines that go into schools and colleges, just talk to people about what they do. And you can't beat that. You can have all sorts of plans for how you engage people, but you can't beat going into a school or college and just telling your story. And, and the schools love it, school kids love it. And there's gonna be a lot of that happening throughout the week. Um, but we're also doing some really hands-on things outside of the classroom. So Portsmouth, for instance, I think it's 300 school children are going there around the port, around the naval base. We've got a similar number going on to uh, the ferry from Cornwall that, that, that goes, um, I think, from Penzance. Sisolian, uh, I always, I never pronounce it. Sisolian, something like that. We'll, we'll say it with gusto and then we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll believe you. People will, people will believe it. Uh, but we've got that sort of thing happening all around the country. And it's you, there's no substitute for people actually getting their hands uh, stuck into this and, and, and seeing, living and breathing it. So, yeah, a really, really exciting week. And, and I think if we get people excited from an early age, then yeah. uh, hopefully they're going to think about maritime future. You are one of the busiest people I know in maritime. So thank you for taking time to talk to us and we wish you well. No, thanks very much. Cheers, Andy. And that's just about all we have time for. A big thank you for joining us. Your company is really important. So thank you for taking time to listen to this podcast. Now you can listen to all of our back catalogue of podcasts via the clear website, which is cruising.org. And of course, there you will find a whole bunch of resources, information and learning about the cruise industry. Thank you very much for your company.